Following is the disclaimer for this program. The information provided herein should not be taken as a substitute for the advice of a pertinently qualified professional. The sole purpose of this is to provide precise particulars. Albeit, no guarantee is assured to the effect regarding the particulars due to the constantly developing essence of the world of knowledge and information. No harm or insult is intended for any individual. The podcasts are intended for informational and educational purposes only and must be used by the listeners and viewers at their own discretion. Welcome to the sixth and final episode of Zabani, a podcast event by the Statesmanship Program, where we try to showcase atypical topics in an unconventional manner. My name is Abhishek Sadhwani. I'm a student of law at Nirma University, and I've been associated with the Statesmanship Program since more than a year. With me today is Advocate Vikrant Parshurami, who is the founder of P Legal and has been impaneled as a panel advocate, arbitrator, and dispute resolution professional at various companies, entities, and organizations. These include. Tata Capital Housing Finance Limited, Municipal Corporation of Greater Mumbai, Ifco Tokyo Insurance Company Limited, and many more. We are truly elated to have you with us, sir. The podcast is Thank our you. best. Welcome, sir. The podcast will be our best attempt to deliver our listeners with a legal perspective to various important topics of these times, and we will even be specifically touching upon IPR laws. So, before I move towards my first question, I'd like to mention. that media is a very wide term it includes various agents that cater you with varied content but in present times the problem that seems to wander upon is that the various forms of media have actually interchanged their roles when i say interchanged their roles i mean that let's consider social media social media for that matter is meant to be for something completely different but nowadays it is majorly engaged in delivering news which is at many a times inaccurate and whereas the form of media which is actually meant to deliver news is sadly in some sense delivering what what may be termed as entertainment now the problem does not stand still here the problem is also that the society seems to accept all of this the society seems to enjoy all of this which is a bit of more surprising and over all of this we have the major issue of the controlled media now what are your views when we try to give this scenario a legal perspective in context of the it laws and the media laws that are prevalent in india considering the fact that the changes in laws are followed by the changes that the society witnesses correct uh, so first of all uh, uh, abhishek thank you so much for your kind words welcome and uh, now coming to the topic uh, uh, so basically uh, in india media uh, to a great extent is governed by the provisions under constitution that is personally mm-hmm. my view uh, because everyone nowadays is trying to harp upon the uh, article wherein you know right to free speech or right of expression is something which is uh, uh, focused upon but uh, considering the laws that are actually governing some sort of media so again as you rightly pointed out media is a very vast term it does not stay restricted to a specific uh, medium of communication so it would be print media it could be uh, the news channel it could be internet and you, as you have rightly pointed out uh, the it act to some extent helps regulate but then it helps regulate only when there is a, a a crime or maybe there is a problem or there is an error at that time the it act comes into play otherwise it does not help in any manner so uh, and the laws which are governing the media so when i say media i am talking about print media so the laws that are governing the print media are again uh, providing the media print media 
a self regulatory power so they are left on themselves they are left to themselves to regulate their own functioning to have guidelines again uh, they have their own setup but uh, 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 that is restricted to the newspapers only so when it comes to the print media or the social media for that matter there is no specific law which is today giving them any kind of a regulation any kind of a rule or maybe any kind of uh, uh, guideline so somewhere uh, considering the changing needs the changing scenario and uh, uh, the changing use of people in general of the different kind of media parallelly so it is not that people at a certain time will use newspapers and then later will use news and then later will go to social media everything is happening parallelly so we need to have a very robust uh, uh, network of laws and we have to do away with the archaic laws which have been going on since the british era so uh, uh, with respect to uh, the changing scenario in media the acceptance of people of the content uh, see as long as we leave it to the people to maybe accept it or not it is always going to be a debatable issue so so my perspective personally i feel there needs to be a a, a regulatory body for all type of media and if that body is just like a, a, a single window body wherein all media regulation is focused through one specific body and then there are sub divisions in that to look after different kinds of media and then a, a, a detailed legislation of how this media this this specific specific one window body or maybe that one regulating body is going to have control uh, again as i said constitution is going to be the parent act so you cannot curb or you cannot stop media from showing something which is happening but uh, uh, i would want to use the word production of news so when a, a specific kind of media is producing news you know they are generating a kind of news sensation sensation uh, you know they are creating sensation out of a specific article or material this particular sensationalization has to be somewhere governed mm-hmm. self regulatory is fine self we have been self regulated we have been under the influence of self regulated media but then you see what is happening mm-hmm. i would not want to take examples of specific cases but then we know what is happening today and the effect mm-hmm. of that is really not something which media is meant for Mm-hmm. so media as we look at it if you i'll give an example of the newspaper kesri mm-hmm. so the whole purpose was to let people know what is happening mm-hmm. let people know the perspective of a person of what is happening mm-hmm. and not you know shove into the people's face as this is the right thing this is the wrong thing so that needs to be somewhere regulated so so i i feel we need to have uh, if not multiple laws one law a one window mechanism wherein everything goes through one place and then it is bifurcated so yeah that is what i feel regarding uh, uh, media in general regulating media having the legislation and regarding it act i feel that tilts towards dispute resolution hmm. so once there is a problem you use the it act to see whether the problem can be solved or not so what what i think is you know uh, don't let the problem start in the first place Mm-hmm. so that you don't go to laws you don't go to courts courts are already overburdened so mm-hmm. yeah this is what i feel regarding media and how people automatically i i'll give a small example before we move on to the next topic so uh, simple thing something that you read in a newspaper do you always debate discuss or fight or you know uh, get panic attacks over what is stated in the newspaper you don't hardly hardly generally people don't ha, hardly mm-hmm. but what happens on a news channel Uh, that causes a lot of problems mm-hmm. so 
the way newspapers and print media is regulated they have the set of ethics they have the set of guidelines and they have a body whom to whom you can go and file a complaint and that body can revoke the license hmm. so you have entire regulatory mechanism for print media similar needs similarly a mechanism needs to be in place for all sorts of media again it would be a debatable issue how can you stop people from expressing their views so nobody is stopping or nobody is wanting to say that you know people hmm. should stop expressing their views but there should be a way there should be some sensitivity towards people's problems and that that requires a framework legal framework because everyone listens to what the law or the courts have to say but when we leave it to self regulatory mechanism mm-hmm. we have seen the effects so far mm-hmm. i couldn't agree more with the unified legal framework that you tried to introduce along with that even considers the individualistic components of all sorts of media of the various types of media thanks a lot for this input sir uh, we'll further move towards the second question and uh, okay. the, the second questions revolve around like when we talk about the implications that the covid-19 lockdown has brought along with itself the sufferings that have been faced by the economy tops the list now indian government did introduce what it called as the world's world's largest food security scheme for 800 million people and even brought amendments to in laws like governing fdi to protect indian companies from opportunistic takeovers and even suspended ibc for that matter now there were many more introductions inclusions modulations modifications now but the question stands right how effective have these measures been and like not only in terms of protecting the economy specifically but also in terms of reviving the economy like reviving and recompensating the loss that has already occurred okay okay so uh, the thing is to start with the uh, the kind of schemes that the government has introduced are actually very good schemes hmm. if they are implemented well hmm. one that is one biggest second if they reach the people for whom they are meant and that is where the main problem is that is where the speed breaker is so that is where the cars are actually halting at so it is not reaching the people again uh, so all of this has come for the first time probably in most of our lives i haven't seen a pandemic not at this scale mm-hmm. most of us haven't seen it so similarly the government which are functioning right now some of them might have experienced something on these things some of them might have not so not taking sides but then uh, there are a lot of loopholes in these schemes and by loophole i mean to say that first of all implementation is lacking and i don't even need to spell it out because we are seeing the effect mm-hmm. there is no actual help that is happening to anybody because of this scheme so that is one aspect second aspect is the loophole that i'm talking about so when we talk about uh, the waiver of loan emi so the main amount is waived off i can understand but what banks are doing banks have found out a loophole in that the actual amount they are not asking for but they are charging interest on interest and this thing was probably either not thought about or if it was thought about then it was not clarified in the notification or in the uh, whatever schemes were taken up so such loopholes now that they are coming up now that they are resurfacing or surfacing for the first time for some people now these need to be plugged in so once so it's like having a good good waterproof system and then having certain leakage points so these leakage points are what what are causing actual problems so once you have identified these points if they are plugged if that is taken care of i think these schemes are actually going to help us you know come to a break even point and then take the economy 
you know, northward. So what is happening right now is there are schemes in place. So if you have questions for people in power places, they will have these answers. Let's see, this is what is there. This is what you've done. This is what is working. But then when you ask the second question as to what is the problem with implementation, why are people not getting benefit? Then there would be a difficulty in answering. So these are practical problems which we as people who are at the receiving end of this problem are facing. Mm-hmm. As I gave, gave out an example, as I pointed out an example, that the main amount is taken care of. Okay, waiver for six months, eight months. But that period is also gone. People are still not having the kind of work that they were having in probably say January, February or March this year. So the kind of amount that was rolling in, even the GDP, the, the, the hit that the GDP has taken is, is a very good sign of what the problems are actually, economic issues. So these uh, uh, schemes are in place, I understand. The implementation and these problems. Again, these can be fixed only with proper legislation, amendments, notifications, rules, whatever is required. Legal framework needs to be modified with the means. So it cannot be rigid. Once you've made a notification, once you've made a scheme, this is what will be applied. There will be no second part. If this is the approach, then we are in a big problem. But then understanding the problem, and it's probably every three weeks or every, you know, maybe four weeks, if these are modified, based on the problems faced in implementation. I feel that is the place where, you know, uh, we could just have the answer for these issues. Mm-hmm. So, so this debate needs to keep going on and these, these uh, suggestions need to reach the right people and they need to modify things. So, small example, now that we are facing this problem, we are facing the uh, uh, COVID-19 pandemic. Simple thing, if a patient goes with one uh, symptom, doctor will give him a specific medicine. If his symptoms change within two days, the medicine is changed the immediate day. So we have a problem and we have a solution the immediate, you know, it's a, it's a ripple effect. One thing has happened, second thing will happen. So similar pattern, if it is applied for the legal framework, for the schemes that are being implemented, for reviving the economy and taking it in a better place, then it might help us and probably we will uh, end up utilizing the scheme for the actual purpose, you know, for which they were actually meant for. Because if you see the scheme, the schemes are really good. Hmm. If you see the, see the purpose of the scheme, hmm. they are actually meant to help people. But that is not happening. So this is where the gap needs to be filled in. Yes, thank you for uh, recognizing the loopholes. And then aptly, I just specifically like the ripple effect that you just introduced and the ripple effect that you just mentioned about. Now, we'll be correct, correct. nextly moving towards some specific questions towards IPR. So... Okay. Like, like there is this concept of patent pooling, like it has been a vital instrument in supporting greater innovation, collaborating research and development. And even when it comes to solving problems, patent pooling, apart from boosting mobile manufacturing and ensuring affordable treatment for HIV and many such other diseases has even played a pivotal role during times of world war one, during these times of COVID-19 pandemic, how do you feel is the Indian legal framework relating to the IPR? serving is serving the facilitation of such concepts and how effective can they get or how effective can they get in letting uh, you know in letting us free from the pandemic correct okay so uh, first of all so patent pooling just a brief idea about patent mm-hmm. pooling um, uh, so patents are with respect to inventions with, with respect to uh, different kinds of medicines 
generic terms i'm using so uh, when different so patent is basically owned by a person who applies for that patent who who basically invents a particular invention or maybe you know find a specific medicine so any technological or scientific breakthrough would be uh, worthy of a patent and once that patent is taken by a particular person that can be so the benefit out of it can be taken by that single person only and by benefit i mean the benefit of manufacturing the benefit of earning benefits out of it benefits in terms of monetary gain so with patent pooling one or more so basically uh, two or more entities can come together can share all their data which is patented with respect to genetics with respect to medicine and utilize this uh, information for a greater good so as you rightly pointed out for world war 1 it was used patent pooling then it was uh, used uh, for uh, it is it is being even today it is being used for hiv treatment and you know medicine development mm-hmm. so uh, as on today it is also being used for the uh, treatment for finding the treatment for covid mm-hmm. and for finding a vaccine for covid so with respect to india uh, i am not sure where, where whether most of you have heard about the nagoya protocol uh, so uh, there is a protocol under the united nations which was signed at nagoya japan wherein uh, uh, specifically regarding uh, patent pooling so uh, the main uh, focus here was pooling the patent utilizing data the genetic material and the advancement that different countries have which are patented and uh, helping overcome a specific problem and in this time specifically covid uh, mm-hmm. with this india as a biodiversity act mm-hmm. which allows functioning on the same line as the nagoya protocol mm-hmm. uh, one important aspect of that of of the nagoya protocol as well as the uh, biodiversity act in india is benefit sharing and that is something uh, the european countries and america is not talking about so that is where everyone needs to come on the same platform and india is pro the nagoya protocol 196 countries have signed it 196 countries have ratified it and they have to have based on that protocol a legislation which will help in implementation of that protocol so based on that i think if i'm not wrong the nagoya protocol was somewhere in the year 1996 and thereafter now we india has a, a biodiversity act of 2002 i i will stand subject to correction but then as long as i remember as, as much as i remember in 2002 so uh, there needs to be a, a, a parallel legislation in all the countries so that this patent pooling will be a lot easier hmm. and uh, uh, the front runners i would say in development of medicine apart from india need to come on the same page so mm-hmm. india has a very robust network when it comes to patent pooling mm-hmm. india has the legislation which it promised while signing the uh, nagoya protocol in place and it is very much effective and under the same uh, act india is sharing its information with other countries mm-hmm. the information regarding the medicines treatment the effects the genes different aspects of development of a vaccine so india does have an act in place the legislation is very much there india is signatory to the international protocol hmm. there are conventions as you must be knowing abhishek there are different conventions which is countries sign hmm. they are bound by it hmm. so similarly india is bound by that protocol but again as i said there are a few countries few nations which are not on the same page 
so it also depends on other countries to come on the same page and you know share similar kind of data and again as i said the important aspect is benefit sharing now most of the countries are not talking about benefit sharing and these benefits would also imply benefits in terms of money hmm. so if say india is today able to make a breakthrough in a medicine and india gives the rights of production to another country for their own country so there has to be a benefit sharing clause in such kind of a cooperation hmm. so most of the countries are on the same page uh, some countries which are front runners are not so coming to india india has a good legislation in place hmm. and it is definitely helping us in you know sharing our data with other countries and taking countries other countries data in developing medicine but as as uh, as a uh, global community everyone needs to come together mm-hmm. i feel so amazing that india is such as such i feel delighted that india is at such a uh, pivotal position when it comes to ipr and specifically such concepts which are of modern times and which are helping in development so this is where we move towards our last question and this is one of like this is the most amazing questions that i have found out and i personally feel okay. that because like this speaks about the much pressed topic the much pressed ideology of the indian government atmanirbhar bharat like when we talk about atmanirbhar bharat we get to see that major steps relating to it are related to are directly uh, are directed towards promoting entrepreneurs now entrepreneurship is directly linked towards innovation which 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 immediately brings into spotlight the intellectual property rights and intellectual property laws like what are the necessary changes that the indian laws should witness in order to develop a safe and a secure environment for the entrepreneurs in context of ipr okay so abhishek uh, i will deviate a bit from the topic but i will still stay on the topic so um, absolutely fine sir see, entrepreneurship is something uh, which can't come overnight to a person <laughs> so it has its root in the kind of education that a person gets so from the very beginning if you are made to uh, study or made to learn a few things in a pattern where you are not made or where you are not allowed to think out of the box mm-hmm. or to think for yourself automatically that mind that innovative mind is suppressed mm-hmm. certainly we have a lot of people who are having their own uh, businesses who are having their own ventures but then these are the people who have not uh, given into the pressures of this system that is there in the place so it should start from the very basic ground level it should start with the kind of education and the kind of imparting education hmm. so uh, as you know there is a movement of uh, letting people learn in their mother tongue hmm. gradually letting them choose the subjects of their choice and not you know giving them the uh, subjects which everyone has to learn at the same time So it starts from that very aspect. So, if a person wants to learn math and arts at the same time, that is a choice that a person should get. Automatically, his innovative side is getting a good scope. That is one aspect. That is how things will gradually start. So, a person of 22 or 23 years age, if you ask him, you go out and you start your own business. Not everyone will be able to do that. Hmm. But from the age of four and five, if people are allowed to think on their own. if they are allowed to learn the way they are comfortable automatically this will help to give us a atmosphere wherein everybody will be having something of their own 
you know even if they are in a place where they are working for somebody they can have their own ideas and probably you know go to a place where they can make that place their own uh, venture and start and you know maybe grow uh, or, mm. or take it to another level that is one aspect now coming to the ipr aspect of uh, 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 you know having your own ventures or uh, atmanirbhar bharat is going to be a reality only when uh, we have a very robust or very strong network of laws and their implementation with respect to intellectual property mm-hmm. now with respect to patent india is one of the front runners in the pharmaceutical industry in terms of production in terms of the kind of medicines that we have uh but when it comes to uh say copyright trademarks geographical indicators we aren't as advanced as some of other countries so it won't be wrong to say that we are still at a very nascent stage hmm. so this network of laws needs to be a lot more flexible and as i suggested that we need to have a one window solution for other things even for ipr for people who want to have their own businesses set up hmm. any kind of entity needs to be given one place where they go and they have everything available at one place so right from registration of a company to securing the right in the logo of the company to securing the right in the mark that they are using as a trademark to securing probably uh, if a person is uh, enterprising and has the capacity to uh, uh, you know design his own machine and have his own company at the same time then get the patents for his design get the patents for his manufacturing process wherever necessary so all this needs to be unified and there needs to be one uniform uh, place so as on today the situation is you have to go to the uh, website of a copyright registration different entity for copyright registration mm-hmm. trademark registry is separate for patents you need to have a person who is qualified to take your patent registration Mm-hmm. and for geographical indicators they are exclusive people who are dealing into that because they know the know how and they know how things are working mm-hmm. so again if a person has to run to 10 people whether he will be in a position to handle what he is actually meant to do or he will have to focus all his energies and finances to one person at a time and then move to 10 people so we have different laws which cover most of the aspects of ipr of companies of any kind of corporate structures but then there is no one window solution as i say i am using this word again and again because this is very important mm-hmm. that we need to have one place where a person if he has an idea reaches and tells the person these are the things that i want to do mm-hmm. and then that person in turn contacts different people for him and gets the entire mechanism in you know motion mm-hmm. and this is all a legal framework a government setup i am talking about yeah. if that is in place and which is very much possible because we have 10 things already in place you just have to unite them mm. you just have to bring them under one roof mm. and then have probably uh, so something as simple as a google form can be used mm. to collate all the material that a person is you know having and then distribute it amongst different departments they do their work they give it to the one coordinating department and that department is coordinating with that one person mm-hmm. so law need to be changed modified in terms of getting everything under one roof <laughs> so if you are having a website of one state for all kinds of registration and licenses why can't we have a website of each state or maybe one country <laughs> like for say india has one website for all intellectual property registration <laughs> and then different links take you to different places 
बट देन यू विल हैव अ यूनिफॉर्म जस्ट द वे वी हैव आर आधार नंबर सिमिलरली वन नंबर कैन बी गिवन टू अ पर्सन एंटायर डिटेल्स कैन बी टेकन अप अंडर दैट एंड दैट वन विंडो कैन हेल्प हिम गेट ऑल द रजिस्ट्रेशन अंडर दैट वन नंबर सो इट इज इजियर फॉर हिम टू कोऑर्डिनेट बिकॉज एज यू नो एज यू आर स्टडिंग लॉ अभिषेक बी नोइंग दैट डायरेक्टर हैज एटलीस्ट फोर टू फाइव डिफरेंट आइडेंटिफिकेशन नंबर बाय द टाइम ही स्टार्ट इज ओन कंपनी and he has uh, you know his business working mm-hmm. so if we can pull it and you know get it under one single number mm-hmm. and have one place doing all this work for one person mm-hmm. there would be no problem per se uh, in terms of intellectual property mm-hmm. and uh, uh, i feel there are so many intellectual property enthusiasts in india whether they are studying law or not irrespective mm-hmm. there are so many people who know about intellectual property mm-hmm. and if we have these things in place we can have a, a government and public cooperation kind of stuff wherein uh, people on their own are helping the government agencies set up such kind of a framework mm-hmm. and once that is done these people can be given uh, you know uh, probably uh, some kind of post in that government department mm-hmm. so that it is easier to understand the real world problem mm-hmm. and the government is in fine tuning with the uh, uh, you know problems of the people who are actually working Mm-hmm. so um i feel the laws are pretty much in place you need to have a unified approach mm-hmm. and for all the questions that we have you know discussed about so far i feel uh, the pro- the part where the problem starts if you take care of that part we don't go to the problem aspect and if we actually do happen to go to the problem aspect i would like to go one point forward and say okay. that people are uh, Uh, inclined towards going to court the traditional system of court the traditional mm-hmm. framework of the legal mm-hmm. uh, you know uh, uh, implementation authority but uh, uh, i feel uh, considering the uh, digitization that has happened and over this period of 7 months people have accepted mobiles laptops tablets to be you know part of their life integral part of their life mm-hmm. i think online resolution of dispute is one important aspect in all these topics except for mm-hmm. apart except for of course uh, the patent pooling aspect mm-hmm. with respect to intellectual property with respect to uh, people having their own businesses mm-hmm. uh, with respect to uh, media if there is an online dispute resolution uh, mechanism which is as strong as the court system mm-hmm. then probably uh, you know having legal framework in place wherein you don't have the problem in the first place mm-hmm. but if for some reason you end up having a problem or an issue uh then having a system in place wherein you know you get the results in probably say like one month or two months having dedicated professionals handling online dispute resolution so we don't end up spending time going to court hmm. we actually are sitting at our place the way we are now interacting talking hmm. to a third person who is a professional and getting the you know uh, uh dispute resolved hmm. so not just having the legal framework but also the framework to resolve these disputes Mm-hmm. the solutions and resolution both the things need to be you know fine tuned so mm-hmm. i think that is going to and again both these things need a good strong legal framework mm-hmm. so which is in place it needs a few modifications and tweaks as mm-hmm. as we have discussed and of course these are vast topics so it mm-hmm. no time of no amount of time would be uh, you know uh, good enough to discuss everything but then of course yeah these are the few points which we need to take into consideration when we are talking about these specific four things that you have discussed so far mm-hmm. so basically when i when i try to put all of this into a basic understanding for a layman so it's basically like the right. the structure that we have the base structure that we have is intact is robust 
but we will have to work on the procedural aspects in order to lessen them so as to encourage the lot to uh, appear more in uh, to come in front okay absolutely amazing so sir thanks a lot for your wonderful inputs they are they are extremely valuable to us and uh, these will certainly i personally believe and uh, even the listeners would agree that they will serve uh, as a refined and pure understanding and uh, moreover on behalf of the statesmanship program i would like to extend a heartfelt thanks and heartfelt gratitude to our listeners and i even encourage them to listen our previous episodes you can find them on all major podcast platforms and even on youtube thanks a lot for joining us sir hoping to have a more unified and a more uh, better collaboration with you in our future thanks a lot Signing thanks off. thank you so much abhishek thank you thanks. so much thanks a lot sir thank you